0: I feel like it's it's such a saturated market with your with your following that yeah you only really want to use that in, in very particular like times and moments you know gotcha you don't want to sit there and especially from what I did when I started my podcast years back I I, I strictly stayed away from posting on my Facebook out of wanting to. Save that tool until I had something better I'm to saying, post. Yeah. Well, it exclusiveness. You, want you don't to... want to immediately go out and be like, listen to my podcast yeah first second third girl episode. following
1: and then put it there one then yeah. you're gonna have a couple thousand subscribers off the bat and then boom you're an official page and you, you know all that kind of stuff i feel that
0: yeah wait till you start having traction you can you can post celebratory things like yeah oh shit i just hit 100 subscribers on youtube guys go check it out that's cool blah blah blah. yeah you know and to some people 100 subscribers is, is you know it doesn't sound like a lot but on youtube 100 subscribers takes some time some people years to get to. You, you know you know like and 100 not a 100k just one zero zero bro like if if you're just posting long format videos yeah and you're not keeping up with the new wave of people watching on their phones and stuff you know the old style of youtubing was sitting on a pc searching goofy videos with your friends you know there's not a lot of people who sit and do that anymore
1: yeah for i mean because that's why it's, it's in the palm of your hand now yeah like i remember when memes just came out when we were kids you know that right like, in the 90s, there was those inspirational posters like, Courage, you know, dude, be like a guy climbing the side of a fucking mountain, like, calendar kind of bullshit, you know? And then, like, our generation, like, came up with memes. Like, I remember getting, like, the first iPhone or whatever, and there was, like, an iFunny app with, like, a smiley face. And then you just, like, randomly scrolled through each meme as they were, like, barely being made. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then, like, you couldn't even, like, save them. Or, like, you maybe would, like, take a screenshot and then show your boys later. But it yeah. wasn't like it was... That was
0: before your phone could screenshot and shit, you know? That
1: exactly. Was... <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is, like, and now, like, everyone just has, like, oh, I'm on Twitter, hello memes. I'm on Instagram, hello memes. Like, all Facebook is memes, like, in reactions. It's like, you know, that was, like, just breaking the ice when we were kids. And now it's, like, evolved into this whole thing. And, like, even, like, your kind of video, or if you have a viral moment on a podcast that can become a meme. You know what I'm saying? It's just wild how everything is just kind of still grown with all that kind of shit.
0: Right. I never found myself taking the, uh, the content creation side of the podcast seriously because, you know, in Boise when I was doing it, I got quite a bit of traction off it just by having friends over and having a good time. And yeah. that's what it was all about mainly. It was uh, mainly interviewing other bartenders and and figuring out their stories and just getting some good times going, you know? and mm-hmm. Especially in, in in Idaho, there's there's so many different people because it's a college town and it's a small college town. So yeah. there's really not that many locals to fill up the area. So everybody coming in is a transplant. Yeah, you know, and you really run into some interesting cats out there. But it had really just not been a serious part of things, and I'm gl- I'm glad that I recorded all of it mm. and was able to salvage most of it because you know the cameras I was using too at the time are really. Decent cameras, but I made them look like shit just because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, OBS Studio was really, really a, a significant tool for for my success in the beginning, especially not knowing how to use uh, major editing platforms and mm-hmm. Adobe, and mm-hmm. also not having access to those programs because you know it's it's something like two hundred dollars a year uh, for the Adobe package, and my brother is a photographer, so he pays for it already mm-hmm. and only uses one computer to edit really. So I was like, yo, dude, let me sign up on that as the other computer, bro. And so he's been been sponsoring the Adobe package for me for like a year and a half, two years now. And that's made an epic difference, too, because I used to use OBS and just run all of my inputs into OBS and also have a keyboard in front of me and change the cameras while Mm -hmm. we were recording. Yeah. Which would be so distracting. You know, all you could see is me like looking at the cameras, looking at things and fucking around. And it, it just got so difficult and turned into so much effort mm-hmm. that I sat down and spent over like 100 to 200 hours just on uh, tutorials on YouTube on how to actually utilize these tools that I had. You yeah, know?
1: for real. Get the most out of it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. now I don't I don't record anything with OBS. I record just the audio with a with a soundboard that sends to an interface to the computer with Adobe Audition. That's the, the program you see behind you with the sound waves. Yeah. And that that's a pretty awesome program because I've actually been able to somewhat professionally mix, like I'm not a professional sound engineer by any means, but I'm getting into being able to really mess with the sound and adjust it accordingly. Yeah. And get background noise and get bullshit out of the episode. And make it sound so much more crisp and also put it in the proper format for yeah. Spotify. It's it's uh something I never really did. I would just record the whole video into an MP4 and then I would convert the MP4 with some free program into an MP3, and from there I would just post it onto Podbean, which posts it on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff for me.
1: Gotcha. Holy yeah.
0: shit, dude, it gets to be quite a bit, you know, like the
1: well, look, man, you got to you gotta crawl before you can walk. You got to walk before you can run. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's all trial and error at the beginning. And then eventually, you know, maybe you'll need an editor, you know, like a professional one. Like, you never know where this can go. It's a
0: very good point because a lot of why I started doing this effort and that I'm putting into it because it is a lot of effort, you know, is because I am down on on one leg right now and I am sitting on my ass and mm-hmm. shit. So I was like, fuck, dude, do I just sit here and get really good at Call of Duty or do I fuck around with my podcast and really make, it, make some traction on it? Yeah. And that's what I chose to do. And now it's kind of becoming to the point where I'm spending over, like, 30 hours a week on it again, like it was oh, in the beginning. I'm like, oh, man, it's just, like, growing pot, dude. Second
1: part-time Side job. Side hustle.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> so,
1: yeah man, that's, had- that's fucking crazy. At least you have, like, something to dedicate your time to in the off time, you know? Me and Courtney just watch fucking shows.
0: <laughs> dude, me and Tiffany have gone through 12 seasons of Law & Order in a month or two.
1: Bro, which Law & Order? I mean, I watched that when I was a kid, but on, they're on season, what, fucking 20, 30?
0: Bro, we've been watching Law & Order SVU.
1: Oh, hell no.
0: It's so dark. It's it is. Hard. And then,
1: like, Mariska Hargitay was, like, a dream boat in the fucking super, super early ones. And then now she just looks, like, old and tired. Is and that then, the chick
0: who plays Olivia?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has, Have you heard of, like, Family Backstory?
0: No, no, no. Tell me. I would love to hear it.
1: She had, like, all of her family, like, killed in, like, a car accident or some, like, crazy shit. Her, her parents, parents were, like, were like, famous, famous or something. And then she had, like... Four brothers and sisters, like a bunch of siblings, they all died in the car crash. I don't know if she was in the car or she was like like elsewhere at the time. And dude, yeah, like all of her family died and she came from like a well-known old acting family or something like that. And it so was her like, yeah. story
0: is pretty much just as dark as her backstory. On Basically, man. yeah.
1: And that's why everyone was like, back in the day, it was like, yo, good for this chick. Like, And they told it they would always tell like her backstory. And I was like, what the fuck? And then everyone just started getting old. There was Ice-T in it being cool. And then after he hit like 40 or 50 on the show, I was like, God, that's why they, so unbelievable. That's why
0: they heavily reduced his amount of lines. Oh, yeah. Do you know, to the bare minimum. And then oh, yeah. literally talk about this scene all the time. It's hilarious. There's one scene where Ice-T... Walks into the, the precinct, and it's after it's like post to the point of the FBI coming in and having to seize an investigation. So they took everything in their office, files and all kinds of shit. And so they walk into a completely empty room, you know, almost. And they're like, holy shit, everybody's in shock. Ice-T walks in the room. And he's like, who'd we call when we get raped? And I'm like, dude, that is the best line you've said in, in 12 fucking seasons, dude. Kudos to whoever wrote that. And kudos to the fucking producer who said yes.
1: <laughs> true i mean like i said it's buried in like 20 to 30 seasons so no one's gonna really point out this one line in this one show that's been on for like 20 years I'm like yeah okay you know what i'm yeah. saying
0: so what is the lady's name who plays olivia benson and what's her
1: mariska Hartgate. yeah that's her that's the main trick well now because she's like the only like original cast member left I, right
0: you know that movie love guru yeah that's what he says as his mariska
2: Hargitay.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, I haven't seen that in a minute. But yeah, right, I
0: recognize that, bro. <laughs> That's her
1: name. Yeah, it's just a silly name. Yeah, dude, it's just like in scary movie, like three or four, when uh, Anna is talking to like the Ring boy, and she's just saying like all the wrong Japanese words, and it's just like Mitsubishi, hakiyama yeah, 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 Toyota, exactly. And she's just speaking like that, like it's one of those kind of things.
0: That that would not fly. No. In today's, in today's comedy. I mean, I don't know. Saturday Night Live gets away with some, some pretty...
1: Yeah, but even Saturday Night Live altogether is... I don't know. I think they kind of lost it after maybe like the early 2000s. And I was never really that big of a Saturday Night Live guy. I always liked Mad TV a lot more. Because those were a bunch <laughs> of comedians that I still love to this day. Like Bobby Lee, Aries Spears. You know, they just had so many different people. And all the skits were just fucking wild.
0: Have you seen the Bobby Lee episode with... Uh... Santino? Not with Santino, but the Bobby Lee podcast where you choose out fucking uh who's the the funny looking dude with the haircut, the bull haircut. Oh oh
2: Oliver Tree. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Shows you how much I listen to Oliver Tree. But dude, Oliver Tree just gets fucking shot on by uh by him and yeah. his show, and he's just like literally gets up and says, I'm leaving. Fuck you. And
1: he Oh can- is that when they start fighting and shit?
0: No, there's been worse. There's yeah. been worse. Bobby Lee, Bobby Lee shits on him, dude. Shits on all everything. Oh, Trent dude, he's an aggressive time. dude,
1: but he's he's a fucking hilarious comic. There's no one as wild. He's so and crazy. blunt. He's
0: like, yeah, my dad was a raging alcoholic. He used to beat me.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. If you ever heard like his crazy and then he like just life story,
0: laughs. It's crazy.
1: Well, because he said like he did like meth when he was like twelve or thirteen or something when he first got to San Diego, like crazy shit, and like he was like molested as a kid by like another. A special needs kid like crazy oh i shit. think i
0: heard that story like it's oh my crazy God. shit
1: so then like obviously he like has been to rehab like two or three times and like he's broken sobriety but it's just always these crazy story so he does that mostly sober like all these stories are like just him being wild obviously a broken person but those, those make the best comics
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean like most of them a lot of a lot of comics like, the good ones nowadays, I feel, don't even drink anymore. Like, Theo Von, sober. Uh, well,
1: a lot of people, yeah, like you said, don't drink anymore. But, like, everyone that's still young and upcoming probably still gets young, fucked up.
0: Young, dumb, and full of cum.
1: Basically, man. There's, like, Mark Norman, obviously Bert Kreischer, Shane Gillis. You know, people that still <laughs> tie one on that they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's that's just part of the personality. And then one day they'll probably be like, oh, I don't drink anymore. Like, Dan Soder is one of them, but all of his stories and when he was drinking were fucking hilarious.
0: A lot of it is, too, it's it's that, that lifestyle will, I feel like, take
2: over. You know? Also,
1: yeah, man, like if your day to start just like a DJ in a club, like, doors open at 8 or 9, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, maybe there's an early show at 7.30, but still, you're sleeping, walk, walking around, bullshitting all day, and then, you know, you start getting ready 6 or 7, you keep going until, like, what, midnight, 1, 2, and then after, if you get free beers, like, you know working at a bar everyone always stays after has a fucking couple bullshit so you're up till fucking two or three and if there's other great comics and like once you start getting better then you know they start all kind of like co-mingling and like you know this guy's touring with like this guy and this other guy's like opening and he's the middle and then you got like three or four guys that are just great comics that are just in a city for a night and just get fucked up till like midnight like that
0: i mean if you're touring i feel like it really depends on who you bring with you if you're if you're a headliner yeah, yeah, you know, your yeah. your opening, your opening crew, man, it's it's really detrimental on on your success because if you have a shitty opener, it could also be a good thing, you know, because they're ready to see you more and they bomb they bomb, but usually that's it, it, not good. No, yeah, <laughs> you obviously, know? you go into a crowd that's not ready and just fucking irritated. And yeah, not about it, you know. And I actually I did my first stand up. Sat over at the pub here uh, a couple weeks ago. That was pretty fun. <laughs> nice.
1: Is that open mic?
0: Yeah, they do an open mic on Tuesdays, and I usually don't care to do it. But there was some dude who showed up specifically for this open mic and just
1: was a very, very uncomfortable person. Like, uh-huh. you know. What do you mean by uncomfortable? Um, like he was uncomfortable with your jokes while you were on stage? or No,
0: he made everybody in the room uncomfortable with his jokes, like with his execution, what he was joking about, his yeah. demeanor. He's all of it. Overall. So he just
1: bombed all overall. Like, he yeah, couldn't win was, the crowd.
0: It was There was four people in there anyway, so I mean... He, <laughs> and not only did he bomb, but he couldn't stop talking about how... he how. I'm better in bigger crowds. Yeah. <laughs> just getting super uncomfortable.
1: I would maybe say that maybe if you're in, like, a comedy club doing an open mic, because people are going to see comedy, but if you're, like, in a bar, like, you really got to work for that. You know what I'm saying? Someone's eating dinner and some fucking chicken wings, and I'm like, what the fuck did he say? You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs>
0: I mean, there was four people in there, and those four people genuinely could not be robbed wrong. Yeah. You know, but he found a way to do it. (laughs) Exactly.
2: You got to work hard for that shit. Good
0: Lord, man. Like, all right. We get it.
1: (laughs) And so was it just for comedy, or was it just like open mic, like, fuck it, you can come up here and do karaoke if you want?
0: Oh, no, yeah. Open mic all night. They've got music. They've got a couple people who show up and play guitar. that I'm doing this multi-cam podcast setup I have now. Mm. A lot of the setup that I had before, like I said, I didn't like OBS Studio because of the op- the, the massive opportunity for, for failure, you know? There was mm-hmm. there was more times that shit have messed up than not. And now that I have three cameras that don't need the audio to be connected or, and everything be synced all up at once and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if one of them fails, I have two more cameras still that worked. True. You know, and that to me, when it comes down to having a guest, based podcast mm-hmm. it's super important because there's there's nothing worse than telling your guests like oh, i fucked up thanks for coming over and just
2: yeah just having bullshit. a conversation you know? It's
1: not the worst. I know how to say it's not the worst thing that can happen in the world but God i don't forbid. have
0: a i don't always have good friends on there's a lot of there's been a lot of people that i i meet genuinely uh just through going out and being social but are like djs and stuff like that and mm-hmm. people that i don't know on a personal oh, line yeah, so, yeah yeah and i fuck up and i'm like oh shit Amor, I like,
1: yeah yeah you know, but then don't you just like try to bet on making money down the road? So that way, like you don't have to ask your money for gas. Like eventually, it all that's where I'm
0: at now. too. Yeah, you, you know. know what I'm saying. But I also get it because at the same time, I'm not working right now and I'm I'm on disability and shit. Dude, so. I, I had a doctor recently. I went uh, for my new primary care, and I was trying to get on disability and get the paperwork and kind of expediate a little bit. Which was a red flag to her, which is fair, fair, you know, because like,
1: why is it a red flag? I mean, co- if you're trying dude to like in off the it,
0: street, it's just like, hey, I need this disability paperwork. I have. Well, I mean, dysplasia. if you show him
1: your fucking yeah. scarred knee from surgery, you know, and it wasn't I'm saying, through my
0: knee; it was for my hips, and so uh, she was just, and I, it was for hip dysplasia. Whatever. And I go see this chicken. I, I kind of tell her like how much I need to make it happen, you know, and I can kind of see the worry in her face, like, you know, because. It's good to have people like that, though, because there's a lot of people who try to take advantage of the disability system. Of course. And, you know, and so it was funny, though, but I didn't take it personally. But like immediately she I I felt like I was treated like somebody who's doing that. Uh, You're
1: a suspect. Yeah. (laughs) She thought I was
0: suspect. And the, The thing that made me know for a fact that she thought I was suspect is when she was like, all right, do a little walk.
1: Interesting. She's like she's like Mariska Hargitay in fucking SVU, like, putting you in a fucking room with a bright light on you. She's
0: like, well, do, do, a little spin, do a little spin for me. <laughs> yeah, man,
1: she's treating you like a piece of meat. I would have fucking filed for sexual harassment.
0: No, she said you lean on your right leg pretty bad. It was funny too, because in this moment, and what was going on through my head was like, so I've spent my entire life, not entire life, but the last two years that I've known that I have had hip dysplasia when I was diagnosed with it, I, I've spent that time trying to make it look like i don't walk with a compensation yeah so in in my head at this time i'm like so do i oversell this no <sighs> but that's what i was like so do i do i give it a little limp because i that's how i normally would walk but since i've learned how to kind of hide it you know but that's what was going on through my head so i was like so do i like
1: <laughs> no because only like get investigators like if you're trying to make like an insurance claim or some crazy shit I don't like make you know take pictures of you while you're like out at the grocery store. Yeah, but my Uh
0: X-rays and my cane would show that too.
1: Nah, you're not wrong. You know what I
0: mean? Because I don't just have a cane for my knee. I already had the cane. Yeah.
1: So I mean, you have it because you're pimping. So you had um,
0: you had gone to a couple shows. Shows this weekend, right? Or one.
1: Uh, technically, yeah, we definitely hit two in one night. Oh, you went to two in one night? Yeah, so we went to Wakan Rocks Saturday night. I went up with uh, my boy and his boyfriend out of town that I have gone to another festival with. So it was the three of us. We went up to uh, downtown Denver for a while. And then Courtney met me, my wife, met me, us there. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Met us there at Red Rocks at a later time, and she just drove me back. But then, so we left Red Rocks, let's say, show ended at midnight. We left like 11.15, 11.30-ish. And then we went down and we, she parked at the bottom of Red Rocks for like the first time ever because it was that packed by the time she got there. She was pissed. She had to take a taxi up and we had to take a taxi down because it was almost at the bottom of the hill where like when we first enter, which is a far fucking drive, much less walk. We ended up uh, going back to downtown Denver and then we hit our second favorite or probably our first favorite venue really in, in Denver or the whole state, if I'm being honest. Um, it's a small ass room called the Black Box and we go there quite often. Tickets are always like 20 30 I bucks. I think me and Tiffany max. have been there. It's, it's, it's like some little hole in the wall. And like Dad Barn, they have like an outside patio and like a lounge that's free within like all the big artists play in like the main room. And it's only like, yeah, two to 300 person capacity. So we took obviously my boy and then his buddy from out of town to the Black Box because just like legendary artists that come through there and play like small intimate shows for super cheap. So we went straight from Red Rocks, got some beer and then headed straight there i say we got there at 12.30. We probably left by 1.30 for sure. At 1.15 if that, like, we were all beat. I was fucking puking in the bathroom, like, <laughs> once or twice, dude. Like, it all caught up with me when I like, got to the club, But I was like, I am not okay. I was just <laughs> withering away. And then so we went there, dropped them off at their hotel, and uh, came back home, got back home, and I want to say, like, maybe, like, 2.30. So.
0: God, you guys drive home after that. That's so, dude, the drive from home. Well, Colorado. dude, there's just
1: nothing better than your own bed, especially like us with our cats. Like, all we want to do is just come home and fucking kick it with the kitties. Because it's just, it's just hard, especially when you're like, fuck, I know I'm like an hour, an hour and 15 from home. If I step on it, it'll be like 55 minutes. You know, like you just want to get home. Yeah. Plus, you know, you got like beer, you got munchies in the fucking car. When you're at hotels, it's like, it's usually for a night when you like want to get fucked up at a venue and you're like, I don't want to drive. I can just Uber there, you know, to and fro it'll be fine. It's kind of like the more responsible choice. But then there's a part of the night when you're like kind of raging, especially with me and my wife. Like we're always like, are you going to drive? It's mostly corny, but I'm always like, you know, are you going to drive? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But she's like, I'm still going to drive. I'm like, all right. And, you know, we start like kind of withering away and we're like, about that time. You know what I'm saying? We always kind of leave early just to make sure, like, you know, we don't leave at 2 on the dot if your show goes till 2. Or, like, it's like kid, 1 like, 1.15, Like, we want to get back to our spot because, like I said, if we're too fucked up, then, yeah, we are be at a hotel. Like, we plan on that where we don't want to come home. But usually, 9 times out of 10, we'll just drive back, bro. We
0: did, we did that quite a few times first moving here, too, you know. And we would get a hotel because, we know, like – being from Boise, mm-hmm. everything's a 20 to 10 minute drive away. Yeah. Even, even a far drive is still no more than 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Like that's to the, that's to the other Valley area, you know, Nampa to Boise. Yeah. So you get kind of accustomed to that. And Tiffany have this very uh, quick way of being like, yeah, it's really far. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So Last time we went to Denver, we d- we drove back home, and, and I, I think it's a lot of being a two year local now. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than your own bed. You know, Denver's cool, but Denver's exhausting. Dude. Exactly. It's so exhausting. You you're in Denver for two hours, three hours, and you just feel like you did a workout, dude. You know. Oh, for sure. I mean,
1: plus because it's like. Being in any other metropolis, like, there's so much to do. It's not like one boring town, you know. My comparison is, like, being from SoCal, you know, I live in Orange County, but then, like, all the crazy parties would be, like, in L.A. or at the beach. And all those are, like, a 30, 45-minute drive. Any other metropolis, if you live, like, 45 an hour away, you're, like.
0: I hate potato-washed living in Idaho, dude. Like, I lived there for so long. I just got so used to it. And I lived in in California for 16 years growing up. And my brother still lives there. My sister still lives there, you know. I'm like, Mm. fucking hate it.
2: Of course, I dude. I fucking
0: hate that place, you know? And, there's a and reason
1: I didn't move back, you know?
0: know? <laughs> Fair. I mean, granted, I'm, I'm a diehard Dodger fan, you know? So yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't hate L.A. I would never live there anymore. Exactly. It's up- got
1: love for the state. Like, that's my home. That's where all my family is. you like, all my family. All fucking, like, my close family. Dad, immediate family, should I say. But there's a fucking huge reason why I don't want to go back. Every time you visit, even, you're like, fuck, all right, I'm over it. You know, Anaheim is in Orange County. So it's kind of like yeah, that's saying what,
0: that's yeah, that's so compa- what be I mean. Orange com- County versus uh, LA County.
1: Compare all counties like you would compare like Denver as a county. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many cities that are just conjoining. And then all of a sudden one city separates Golden from Denver. You know what I'm saying? Or like LA from Orange County. And it's just like one street on this side is Orange County. But then the next block over is LA county. Like there's no fucking difference, really. So there's all these like Southern California rivalries like a- Dodgers versus Angels, USC versus UCLA, Ducks versus Kings, you know, like it right. can go on and on Clippers versus like Lakers, obviously. And,
0: and do you know the freeway series? You know what I mean? LA yeah. versus uh, fucking the angel, LA versus LA now. But.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And nothing pisses me off more than that, dude. God, biggest man.
0: Yes. I know it's stupid.
1: Well, because it's like insane because a lot of people don't know, like, oh, I don't know if you're not from California, like the Anaheim Angels are in Anaheim, which is Orange County and LA is about a 45 minute hour drive from, so if you wanted to go from one stadium, the Angel Stadium to the Dodger Stadium, it's like a 45 hour drive yeah, at minimum. It's not close. Minimum, no. By any means, it's not close. But somehow it makes them, it's, they're both LA and it makes no sense. Anywho. That's my only gripe with it. It makes no <laughs> sense. It makes uh, no sense.
0: So on a scale of one to ten, how how severe of a Dodger fan would you consider yourself?
1: Honestly, bro, grew up, went to a lot of games, but if you're talking about like how often I keep up with the sport. Scale yeah, one to ten. Much. How what would a six you... or seven bro? like I okay, I'm so one being, one being blue. somebody
0: who claims the Dodgers and has never watched a game but wears a hat? no not ten at being all. somebody who's been to has season tickets, goes to every game, spends their life savings on it, and does nothing but bleed sleep, eat and fuck Dodgers. you know
1: definitely not. I'm like definitely a little bit over the in-between mark because like every <laughs> my family born and raised Dodgers everything they watch the games every time i'm with them but like me in general just like basketball there's just too many games and then with baseball like i can't sit and watch the game like all the way through like i need more but that doesn't mean i love going to games i don't love going to games because i love being there live ain't nothing better really because then you're like there like you nothing to do but concentrate and sit there but like i got adhd you know it's hard to watch every play every strike you know yada yada but like i said like have jerseys at my house. Fucking whole family. Blue, blue, every time they're playing. I have Dodgers shit on. I just haven't kept up with it because my favorite team is the Raiders. Horrible team. I used to be a big Lakers fan when I was a kid, and then basketball is like my least favorite sport to watch. So I'm like, I still put baseball as like my number two or three sport. There, but like I said, there's too many games for me to keep up with. And that's just me.
0: I couldn't agree more because the fact of the matter is I'm the same way, but completely in, in,
1: no, I'd call best, in, in the Dodgers. I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'd yeah, call, call you like an eight or nine at least, dog. Like, you don't spend your life savings on it. I spend money I don't have, you know? Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like,
0: I love the Dodgers, dude. That's my shit. I take pride in that. Like, I've, I grew up, I've been over 200 Dodger games easily. Easily. Like, I... I Fucking my my little league team in in Burbank won first place in our in our uh, division and Mm. got to be on the field twice for Burbank nights where we got to go on fucking and get featured on the fucking big screen and Mm. they were like oh the Burbank Giants first place in Burbank for their little league yeah and we got some souvenirs and you know I filled my pocket full of fucking dirt you (laughs) know which I still have (laughs) to this day (laughs) no yeah I still have a bag that looks like a little drug bag that's in this box that I've had since I was like fucking twelve
1: years old and my parents like Jack Sparrow with his jar of dirt. Yes, one hundred percent
0: bag of dirt, and it says Dodger Field dirt on the bag, and like some like janky ass handwriting.
1: That's what's up, though. You know, and my
0: parents found it one time too, and they're like, "What is this?" Mm. I was like, "I swear to God, that's just field from the stadium or yeah. dirt from the stadium." Dude, and they're like,
1: they thought you had "This some shit that looks weird." On, that fucking China white, that Mexican tar,
0: and they yelled at us for it. The, the <laughs> fucking uh, the
2: grounds crew. Well, they didn't take it though.
1: No, like cause we had a, we were wearing
0: our baseball uniforms. Yeah. You know, and luckily my baseball uniform I think I had a back pocket on that one and I just fucking was fit like I was grabbing fucking grass at first and they got all mad at us and I was like, all right, fuck you. And so I kept fucking throwing dirt in my pocket because I wanted to uh, save it, dude. And I was on the field. I thought field. you
1: had like ready and like pre-planned where you just had, like had a bag and you just went like you know, no, slapped I it open my and then pocket,
0: in. dude. I got yelled <laughs> at. They were like, yo, knock it off. So Don't you take like the fucking dirt.
1: Where did you like put it after that? Did you have to like ride home with dirt in your pocket oh, yeah. the whole time? Oh, oh my yeah. god.
0: I had dirt in my pocket the whole time. I was like, dude, I got dirt from <laughs> Dodger Stadium. This is fucking cool, dude. Oh shit. You know, and I remember one time my dad had season tickets through his uh through his job. So it wasn't like I got to go to every game, but it was my dad had pretty good grabs on him mm-hmm. for any time the clients didn't use them. And it was they were they were meant. For the company to use as a thank you to clients so they would take clients to dodger games and stuff you know so they had season tickets right behind the family seating in the dugout area of the mm-hmm. home team dude i remember when i was literally i want to say probably like 12 or 13 you know maybe even younger mm-hmm. and manny uh ramirez mm-hmm. the guy the dreadhead guy oh, yeah, i remember he uh the the uh, Got accusations for steroids and stuff back in the day. But yeah. I remember he was on the Dodgers at the time and he threw his batting gloves to the kid sitting right fucking next to me. And I was like, Are you serious? Damn. Are you fucking serious? Not to mention the last two games that my dad and I had gone to that season, I got hit by a foul ball and a bat fragment and didn't get to keep either of them both times. I got nailed by a fucking foul ball right in the chest before the nets. And some dude grabbed it and ran away. I was a kid and I was like, You
1: motherfucker, dude. damn, dude, that's low. And so
0: I was lit already mad, like yeah. at this point that I hadn't gotten. souvenir, and I look at my dad, I was like, dad, can I find him? (laughs) You know, like, dad, let me find him, dad. (laughs) And he was like, no, you'll get yours, just wait.
1: (laughs) See, that's funny because the reason why I'm like a Dodger and a Raider fan and all this from my my dad because I was raised by my mom, my parents were split, so I never had them in the same house, like, ever unless I was like one or two, but anyway, so that's where I kind of get my sports from, and there's my family on my dad's side. My mom had never even really watched sports. Like, she just got into into the Chiefs a couple years ago, you know? I'm not saying bandwagoner, but, like, she's always been a Chiefs fan. I think she did it to piss off my dad, and obviously they sucked for the fucking ever, and, you know, Raiders still suck. But anywho, once they got Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, then, you know, all of a sudden she's going to, like, the Super Bowl and yada yada just to watch them, got season tickets. But anywho, since, uh, since I was raised by her, never really was, like, around sports. Like, I played soccer when I was a kid, and then I went to football. No, and then like my eighth fresh. grade, when I really started wrestling, I got into wrestling, and then, like, in the off season, I was like, hey, can I kick it with, like, them in the off season? Like to my football coaches? And, uh, you know, like, I just want to, like, get better at my technique and, you know, what have you. And they're like, nah, if you don't come back now, like, you know, we're not going to let you on the team. Like, you need to be in the offseason program. I'm like, why? Everyone else is doing track, like, you know, in the, like, right before summer, that part of the fucking season, like spring. And he was like, nope, choose one. And I was like, all right, fuck you, I'm out. So then I went wrestling all the way through till i was fully dedicated like 14. i didn't know you wrestled oh yeah you did i've mentioned it many a time have you yeah okay i don't remember
0: i have the usa wrestling
1: logo tattooed right here
0: okay that's something we've talked about in the past and i just don't remember
1: brain yeah, injuries it's all good
0: but no i just don't remember that about you that's awesome that's fucking dope
1: yeah so i was doing that for about eight years and i was like 21 22 when i moved out here i kind of quit um, cause I wrestled in college back home and, you know, I came out here and had to work full time, went to school full time, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, dude, I don't really have time to be wrestling full time too. Cause it is a lot of time Jeez. I did work. But during that like seven year, eight year gap, I was just fully into wrestling, like USA wrestling, the nationals, you know, yada, yada, who's ranked where. And then I was big into UFC and this was like started from like 2006. So this was like the golden age of it when I had all the big heads like George St. Pierre, BJ Penn uh, you know, Randy Couture, like, Chuck like, Liddell, yeah, so like you know, that, like that was what consumed all my time. And I just, so I was wrestling for fucking ever and lost touch with all the football and any other sport that wasn't MMA or grappling or wrestling, so then, everything you know, like, that was like play with the ball, soccer, football, baseball, basketball. I just had no, you know, attention for cause I was just like all part of that world. And then once I came to college and had some different friends that were watching sports like basketball and all that and like you know the NCAA finals and stuff like that and I was like oh wow this is kind of lit too so then I got like got back into it and then obviously like I'm super into fantasy football you know, I'm still kind of getting back into it but still you know to, you know to, it's not like I've always been a teenager that was like, oh, die hard, you know, from the get-go. Like, I remember going to Dodger games with my dad and, you know, that family, like, opening day a bunch. But like I said, s- since I was raised by my mom, I didn't get that that often. So it wasn't really, like, always around.
0: I was pretty blessed, too, to have the the opportunity I did with my dad having that that uh, hookup because, honestly, that bumped my Dodger games up to almost, like, another hundred, you know. yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> and he had that over a couple seasons. It wasn't just one season. Oh, of you know, course, he, was at, yeah. he, was, he was working there for a long time, you know, and... You know, you are, in fact, the only Dodger fan I think I've ever had on, other than myself. Nice. So, did you watch any playoffs this year of the Dodgers? Usually,
1: and that's usually when I start watching it, right? You know right. I know you're like, a,
0: you're a, you're an October baseball guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just because I'm like, all right, there's like what 165 games. There's not more, dude. And that's why had, it's like it's hard to like get the three. Not
0: a hundred. Uh, they had hundred over a hundred wins again.
1: Yeah, yeah, season. I remember that. That's yeah. why like we did great. All season, and then we like lost what second round for China playoffs? See, I
0: think there's 165 games in a season, something like that.
1: Okay, yeah, and
0: yeah. We had uh last year something like 111 or 113 yeah. wins, and this year, right, we had close to like 100. I, I think it was 106. I don't remember the exact numbers, so don't quote me on that. But I do want to visit on you know, mainly mm-hmm. why do you think the Dodgers were so bad this year?
1: Like and, I said, I have to watch all the games through and through, and that's obviously too much, but. I don't know. Don't we have, like, the most expensive roster in, like, all of baseball?
0: No, 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 no. I want to say that's either the Padres or the Mets. Really? I think it's the Mets have the most expensive roster in baseball right now. Damn. Uh, and they did, at least. Before so that. The, I'm pretty confident on that. Is, you know, so the Dodgers... Extremely lacked this year in in pitching and a lot of people are super upset about it. Super annoying They're like fire Dave Roberts this that that." and I have been following this pitching since the beginning of the season because I'm like fuck dude like I see The lack of pitching ability that we have we don't have Walker Bueller. We don't have Trevor Bauer we don't have a lot of our power pitchers that were our starters, you know, yeah, and so as the Dodgers in in the front office, you know, you would expect the front office to make some pretty intense trades to accommodate for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I had watched was they made little to no dollar trades. Like they didn't spend any money towards the deadline. They didn't spend any money whatsoever on on starting pitching. They just kind of let it ride, and then they ended up losing Julio Urias to a domestic violence charged uh, I don't know the anything behind it if it's if, anything like Trevor Bauer's situation I don't want to talk anything about it until there's more Touche You know Trevor Bauer completely got fucked by the MLB the hammer came down on him and they made an example of him in many ways because he kind of spoke out and because he didn't abide and he didn't he didn't bend over and say, fuck yeah, MLB, give it to me, daddy. Yeah. And, and they treated him accordingly for that. You know? I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up with a large lawsuit directed at the MLB.
1: Makes sense. I mean, John Gruden got fired for not the same thing, but he got fired. And the crazy part of his story is obviously those emails were horrible. But how it came about was they were investigating a different fucking team. They were investigating the Washington Redskins at the time. Or commanders now, whatever. Um, and somehow while auditing all their emails and servers and all that, they found those emails and they just leaked his shit. So his whole discrepancy was, hey, if you're finding like those emails with me, like you guys must have found other shit. Like, why am I being singled out and why am I being made a target, you know, in right, this whole right. scenario. So people always need like a fall guy to make an example of and someone with an agenda You say, oh well, we gotta actually I can't stand for this. We gotta rat this guy out or make an example out of him. And there's all this other stuff that's obviously going on. Like, why don't they investigate all these other people for X, Y, and Z? Exactly.
0: And one thing I can definitely say is if they're proven guilty, come down with them on a fucking, with the the heaviest hammer possible. You know, I'm into that. for the Trevor Bauer situation, because I actually, I really enjoyed watching him as a pitcher, and I really had a lot of faith in him as far as a starting pitcher for the Dodgers because he was making some shit happen, you know? So are you
1: sure you're not a little biased in that sense?
0: I am. You know what what I'm saying? No, I am. and But... What I'm coming from is that is that I had my opinions. I followed it, yeah, religiously. I watched every article. Anytime a new update on it would come out, I would read it and be like, okay, 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 you know. And just recently, the entire situation was dropped. Yeah, all the allegations, everything was just completely dropped, you know. And but he was still kicked out of the MLB for violating their their standards and their rule of thumb, whatever. But in my opinion, I think he's got himself a pretty fat lawsuit
1: against the MLB. Yeah, but also don't get baseball players to get paid like the biggest contracts of any other, like...
0: He had a huge athlete. contract with the Dodgers, and they the, the Dodgers ate his contract to just ha- to get him off the team.
1: But that's what I'm saying, though, is like... But there's still, like, what, $120 million for, like, four years? Some crazy shit like that? They
0: paid a ridicu- yeah, ridiculous amount of money to just get him off, and they still had to pay it. When they could have just kept him on the team to fucking pitch at that point.
1: True, but you what know? I'm trying to say, though, is like... Yeah, well, when do you just take that check? I mean, like, once you have a hundred million plus that you can walk away, say they give him like two thirds. Oh, his he contract. didn't. He didn't
0: get. I don't think he got the whole payout of his contract because the I, 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 that I don't remember exactly the semantics on it.
1: And that's what I'm saying because I don't know MLB contracts, unlike NFL contracts, where there, there's a guaranteed, you know, percentage. Yeah, he still had a guarantee, number.
0: and that's what they they
1: ate. Gotcha. And yeah. that's, and so that's what didn't I'm have saying. To, I don't like every, they had
0: to pay the full amount out of his contract because he yeah. didn't pitch. Yeah. They, they there's still, always
1: incentives and all that.
0: Well, there's still a clause for if something...
2: Like this know, or an injury out. settlement. Yeah. Like and
0: the reason why I kind of visited on that a little bit because, you know, I'm not by any means an MLB analysis expert. That's not what I do. Yeah. And I also, I don't bet. So every opinion that I have is just based on... My genuine love for the Dodgers and stuff like that, you know, and it's a passion of mine. And like you said with the Raiders, you don't have time for any other sport. You can't watch any other sport because –
1: It's not even that. It's just hard to, like, juggle both, especially with baseball having so much, so many games. I I
0: feel like you can't justify it. If you're really passionate about a team, you know, and you really love watching them and you put a lot of heart and soul into it, fuck, having two or three is a lot. True.
1: (laughs) you know, It's fucking a lot. And it sucks, especially when the one thing that you have, and they're just – especially with the Raiders specifically, like their dog shit. It's like being a Cleveland Browns fan or something. It's like, dude, we've sucked for 20 fucking years. Like, when will it end? And that's why it's like good to semi follow the Dodgers because I'm like, all right, at least they're winning. And funny story, like I wouldn't watch the games, but I was betting for a minute on the Dodgers like every other night, like Diamondbacks, Padres, whatever. I'd always fire on them. i put the over on the home runs because like, you know, 6.5 or whatever. I'm like, I think. And then, dude, I swear to God, 75% of them would hit. And, you know, there'd be, like, one or two games a week that they would lose out of, like, playing four or five days, if that. And, you know, I would just go on a run and keep stacking them up because they were almost, like, the most guaranteed because almost every year, don't they have, like, one of the best records? Yeah. In the, the regular uh, season. So that's why I'm, like, it's kind of more surefire.
0: Not in the playoffs, but yes. Exactly. In the season.
1: But that's what I'm saying is, like, I was firing off on them for a while.
0: And to me, I feel like that also – burns out some of the love you got for your game you know and it just it i i'm already passionate enough like i i will throw a hat i will scream i will yell god damn it no you know i will listen to the game on the radio I do. I don't need to watch the game on TV. If I have access to fucking ESPN Plus and I can't watch the game, mm-hmm. I will put that shit on headphones and I will I will visualize the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, no problem, dude. I, yeah. I did that for the first two playoff games. I, I didn't want to go to the bar and watch it. I just sat here and I put headphones on. It was like, no! No! <laughs>
2: Damn. Screaming
1: and yelling. Tiffany's just sitting there on her phone, just like. <laughs> That's OG, man. <laughs> you just gotta start fucking bumping that radio a little with the little dial tone and all that in the garage. That way you can just you know shout in I have it set up, dude, but I, I don't <laughs> think
0: I can get the LA radio all the way out here. Like if uh, you're so in you LA, go you can the get the AM
1: and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Could be wrong about that, but I think I've tried to look for it before, and the, there's not a national station for the Dodgers. It's mm-hmm. it's within LA area. I'm
2: pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: The
0: AM radio that you listen to when you're leaving the stadium. And yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You ever do that? you're nah. a kid. No, you didn't. No. Nah. Every time when I was a kid, my dad and I, if we would have to leave the game early because of L.A. traffic and shit, you know, and if we were leaving by seventh, eighth inning, we would put the game on the AM radio and listen to the game on our way home.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, dude. So. Nah, dude, we always just stay till the end. And then we always had it on TV. Like I said, like, my family's more diehard than me, obviously, but they always had it on. You know what I'm saying? There was never a question. I, th- I think like, my oh.
0: family went to so many games that we had adjusted to genuinely – not caring to see the whole thing you know yeah yeah yeah. uh when you have kids that are really young because i was also at the time like shoot the youngest of four and we're Mm -hmm. going to these games i'm 13 so there's my sister and my two uh, my brother and my two sisters still at home usually my mom's still at home it's just me and my dad and shit Mm -hmm. you know so we can't be at the game two three in the morning and justify it with my dad having to work in the morning and stuff like that you know so and there were free tickets. Dude. And there were free tickets. When you get free tickets, it's not that big of a deal to leave a little
1: early.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah, true.
0: You pay for those tickets, you're going to sit for the whole fucking game.
2: Yeah, you're not wrong. You know? You're not
1: wrong.
0: And so, kind of back on what I was asking about the pitching, you know, the reason we lost the playoffs is, like Magic Johnson said, he he, uh, he was straight up, 100%, we got, we got outpitched, we got outbeat, and the Dodgers, the Dodgers did horrible pitching, you know, and we all saw it. We wanted the Dodgers to pitch well, and they just did not. That was the fact of the matter. Yeah. You know, granted, Clayton Kershaw have the first ever bad start of that uh, capacity in his entire career. Yeah. He's never had a start look like that ever, ever. Not even in a playoff, not in a regular game, ever. You know, so something was off, and he's looking into shoulder surgery now for that, I guess. Nice. The Dodgers would not make front office moves this frivolously stupid mm-hmm. if they didn't have an end They didn't have a plan. And, you know, in my opinion... Before Shohei Otani mm-hmm. had been pushed aggressively in every way, shape, and form by the Angels to the point where they had him starting every other fucking game yeah. and tore his UCL, you know, if it was before that, Shohei Otani was looking at, in my opinion, a 11-year contract, something like half a billion. Yeah. You know, $500 million 11-year contract. mm mm-hmm. You know, now I think that's my projection is that contract's going to go down to eight years. It's going to go down to something close to 400 million. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a clause that adjusts for when he's back for pitching. Interesting. So since he can't pitch, he's going to be signed as a designated hitter, get paid as a designated hitter. And once he starts pitching again, there's going to be a clause in his fucking contract that kind of bumps up his pay for an overall eight years for the Dodgers. That's my guess.
1: That's interesting that they can adjust contracts or like ask them for pay cuts. You know, there's a clause,
0: like they can add a clause into it, but also that's just like a very specific guess. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they even can really make that happen. Yeah. You know, and my other guess is fucking 500 million, 10 years. They just do it. They send it. They give the guy what What he's given given himself to deserve. That guy has really worked his fucking body to the grit and bone, man. Like, it's
1: crazy to me. That's the bad thing about baseball players. They're usually doing, like, the same repetitive motions that, like, certain parts end up getting, like, a lot more wear and tear than if they were, like, ambidextrous, which no one's really ambidextrous. But you know what I'm trying to say? Right, right. It's a whole lot of wear and tear, especially if you're, like, one of those people that have done it since, like, you know, minor leagues college high school all the way down through you know when you're like six years old yeah man that's just gonna start you know hurting a lot especially when you're like at that level it's gonna happen someday you know
0: do do you ever watch the world baseball classic no dude, i fucking live for it that is some of the best baseball that has ever blessed my eyes Mm -hmm. entirely like Genuinely, I didn't start watching the World Baseball Classic until this year because it's every four years. It's Olympic baseball. It's the fucking Japan against America and, you know and all that shit. Maybe I have the and so this genuine. year What ended up happening is Mike Trout was the team captain for Team America mm-hmm. and Shohei Otani was the team captain for Team Japan mm-hmm. Team America and Team Japan ended up in the fucking Championship against each other and it went down to the last pitch against Shohei Otani and Mike Trout That's Mike Trout could have hit a home run to win the game Shohei Otani had to strike him out to win the game. Damn. Coolest fucking baseball I have ever witnessed in my entire life. I'm gonna have the YouTube that shit, man. That sounds lit. you really have to. You really have to. It was the coolest fucking moment I've ever witnessed in baseball, especially because Mike Trout and fucking Shohei Otani, Otani, are
1: teammates. Exactly. You yeah. know, and,
0: and captain against captain game winning fucking, uh, at bat. Mm hmm craziest shit you'll ever watch in baseball in my opinion that i have ever seen in my lifetime
1: dude you got me all hyped why i have to ah, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's so worth it man.
1: i'm always down for a good game but that's why you just never really know like how it's gonna turn out just like ufc you got like two great fighters and you're like oh dude it's about to be fireworks and right We have a slugfest and they just circle each other for like three fucking rounds and like right. and you're like what the fuck you know what i'm saying yeah. so sometimes like the guarantees aren't even a guarantee
0: well, there was a lot of speculation this year with the World Baseball Classic that I had noticed within the play. There always is. Excuse me. There's always a lot of speculation within the World Baseball Classic because I'm I'm not exactly sure what they get paid or if they get paid at all. Mm. But a lot of these pro baseball players don't think it's worth their contracts to go out and possibly get hurt for this event. Touche. You know, so there's a lot of world class baseball players who don't participate. Yeah. But the ones that choose to mm-hmm. really make it. Fucking cool, dude. I can you say, know? man, they got love for the game. They do, you know, because they're like, fuck this. Like, no, I want to compete for my country. And it's like, it's just a different level of baseball. It's a different level of passion. Yeah. You know, like, you're not competing for a team you have a contract with. You're competing for your fucking home. Yeah. You know, you're competing for your nation. And, and you can really see.
1: There's a real Patriots out there. Dude.
0: And sometimes <laughs> what's crazy is like, dude, for like Team Australia, some of these fuckers are like contractors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That play baseball as, on, on a club team for fun. That's wild. And they get sent to the Olympics Something and they're playing weird. Mike Trout.
1: Like, that's fucking crazy. Isn't man.
0: that nuts? That's why I think the world baseball classic is gonna be the number one baseball event in the next five uh in the next ten years, and it's gonna surpass the world series. Dude, there were something like sixty million people tuned into Japan's World Baseball Classic. That's more than well, they the don't Super fuck
1: big. around just like, like South Korea. Like no, they're no, big on they the shirt, don't. Cuba. You know what I'm saying? Like big some countries are Big on fucking baseball Besides our own It's kind of wild now Like I can't see like Football being that big Like there's an the XFL There's a the Canadian league They got nowhere near the numbers But you know Like so like International baseball Like oh yeah dude There's still a market For that <laughs> shit for sure
0: Well not in America And that's That's what's crazy Is like So the World Baseball Classic Didn't inter- implement Any of the MLB New fucking rules Yeah It's still classic Baseball, same size bases, no pitch count. You know, so that that was what was cool to me. It was this was the first year that they implemented the pitch count, and I was yeah, living about true. it. I was so annoyed. I, th- I fucking hated it. You know, and I still hate it. I still hate the big bases. For the record, I hate every single fucking rule change MLB did this year. You guys are idiots. Fuck you. But that's just me speaking very passionately. I, like I think that's
1: it's like across all sports. I don't know about basketball, but definitely football. It's, it's becoming like two hand touch. It's becoming ass play, dude. It's becoming right. like some sissy shit. Where there's a flag getting thrown every other play, and it's like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> can we get the game going? With that whole play, pitch count thing, it like starting start to sound like the NFL, where you know that 40 seconds between plays, unless you take a timeout or you run it out of bounds or something like that, that the clock can stop, and you know you can run up the clock or like just decide to like save shave some seconds off and stop it. But I heard they're just doing it just to make it faster. You know what I'm they saying. They are, the and it did.
0: I'm one of the few people who's capable of immersing themselves into a baseball game enough to just listen to it. Yeah. You know, like I'm that passionate about it. I, I'm also that knowledgeable of the game to where I can literally listen to the audio and I can put myself in the stands. I can. I if it's a good enough announcer. Yeah. Like Vince Scully, rest in peace. I like was I, about I, to say,
1: man. <laughs> he was the voice of the Dodgers. He for was, dude. How he long? was the
0: voice of the Dodgers, man. And you know, that's that to me. Growing up, listening to it on the way home with my dad and stuff, you know, maybe yeah. it gave me that ability to do that because I was at the game and then immediately listened to it after. So I could still kind of put myself
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. there,
0: you know, and in, in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, this, this, obviously this isn't a sports podcast, so I'm not going to keep going on the Dodgers <laughs> too much more. Than, I
1: mean, we easily could dude.
0: right? Last but not least, I think it's completely silly how they handled this year. But I can justify it if they get a Shohei deal. And if they don't get a Shohei deal, we need to make some front office changes. (laughs) That's just my opinion on the Dodgers. Anyways, and now, like you're asking, so how I run the audio and what do I do? So I I just record the audio into the computer. Yeah. And every camera has their own SD card and also records their own audio, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so the way that it works is with Adobe. There's this uh, process called multicam editing, and mm-hmm. you can go in and sync the audio and the cameras all to one and put it into a multicam sequence. Mm-hmm. And then once you have it in a multicam sequence, that's when you go through and do all your color adjusting, your your minor edits, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you can take the video and combine it. Honestly, I'm very novice at this, so it could work out better. Maybe cutting the video first. Yeah. You know, but right now I'm at the point where I cut the video after this process. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll do the video without cuts, you know, maybe cut the first 20 minutes and stuff like that, obviously, yeah. where we, we uh, blend in mm-hmm. to actually the conversation. But what will happen is you'll have to watch the whole show through and combine the audio, combine the cameras and have Adobe kind of do its AI thing where it, it lines them all up for you. And then once it's all lined up, you mute the audios from the cameras and just keep the audio from the high quality mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's when you select your cameras. Gotcha. Overall, this is genuinely 100 to 200% more intensive on the editing. It oh, is yeah. A, it is 100 to 200% more intensive on the amount of time you are going to take it is a much big, more advanced level of editing that i have gotten into in my opinion being a beginner beginning a novice and and also like like i don't have the money to just pay somebody to edit my e- episodes i had to teach myself yeah. all this shit you know this isn't a sponsored podcast this isn't something i make money on and this isn't something i'm here to make money on but i'm hoping that with some hard work dedication and some time it might get to that point
1: yeah you know like and subscribe you gotta crawl before you can walk you gotta walk before you can run you're a man wearing many hats right now doing all this, you know, yeah. in a long process. So, you know, maybe if you get some more collaboration with someone else or, like, you know, learn some more tips and tricks, it'll all be just kind of more easier as time goes on. It's a fucking growing process.
0: Especially with taking this much more seriously, I, I really feel like I've grown a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of people out there who have the opportunity to just sit down on their ass for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't get paid during any of the disability... Cause I'm still on back. Like I'm still back waiting day. for it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I don't have any extra cash right now really, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's not easy to do a new startup on this show because it, like I said, I've been doing this, this podcast was established in 2020.
2: Yeah.
0: All of those views that I got and everything that I did was generated from my old content, mm-hmm. you know? And some of the stuff that I did, I, I had gotten some feedback from people on YouTube, some comments and negative and positive and whatnot. Yeah. And I've really taken that and used it as a tool, you know, and been like, you know what, dude? Like, I was even, there was a couple that kind of pissed me off, you know, because I'd been editing for like 14 hours one day and yeah. I posted something. Somebody just had something to say about it and they're trolling on me. I was, I was about like, to say,
1: dude, there's always going to be trolls. Oh, man. yeah. There's always going to be haters. Do you think like comedians are like the top podcast in the world? do not have haters on some episodes. And I, and
0: I let it get to me and I let it get to me that day. It, it cracked me up though because I was thinking about it. I was like, fuck you, that, like, that guy got me.
2: And then, <laughs> and then the, the next day I
0: was like, wait a minute, dude, this is a milestone you have had this podcast for years and you've never had shit talkers on youtube you've finally gotten to the point where you have enough views where people exactly talk shit enough. on your videos exactly. let's go but they don't they don't only talk shit there's good things there's you know exactly but, yeah but haters on youtube i feel like that's a milestone well no yeah but <laughs> exactly and, uh, and plus
1: i mean those are the ones that are always going to stick with you you can get like a hundred positive comments on there and then like the two that you're really like fuck <laughs> just pick up all your insecurities and all that and you're like what the fuck and those will stay with you like more than the hundred positive ones you know
0: Exactly. You know, especially after spending a whole day editing and then reading that, you know, you're going to get bent.
2: Oh, for sure.
0: You know, yeah. you're going to get bent. Like, I literally <laughs> texted one of my friends. I was like, yo, you should like back me up on these comments. I was so mad and annoyed.
1: And you're like sending someone in to go to war in the comments? <laughs> and it was when my homie
0: didn't actually comment on it that I was like, oh, you're being... You're being annoying, Casey. (laughs) Get over it. It's kind of funny. And so he he didn't, I didn't see him like kind of back me up and I texted him the next day and I was like, yeah, he got me, didn't he? And he was like, you gotta let them not rub you wrong, bro. It's
2: for real, though.
0: (laughs) And that's what happened. They got me that day. They totally, they they rubbed me completely wrong and I just took it the wrong way. Like you said, it's a
1: milestone, dude. It's definitely a milestone.
0: There's a lot of milestones that I've reached specifically, dude, trying to just
1: watch my own shit. It's hard. And I heard it like everyone hates listening to themselves or hates like watching themselves on camera.
0: And they do, they do, and I always did as well. But that's where I was cheating myself. I was I was cutting myself short because you know the most the most growth you're gonna do is by sitting there and watching what you don't wanna see. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking about it in a sense of if I can't watch my shit, who's to say somebody else wants to? It's if I can't get my work to somewhere that I'm proud of, yeah, in my opinion. Why is somebody else going to want to watch it? You know, there's I agree people out and disagree. There, there's because... people out there that will like your content, but also what it directly pertains to is quality of content.
1: You're not wrong. There's also an aspect where... I don't know about you but i'm very self-deprecating like i really can't stab myself if i hear like myself in a voicemail i hate the way i sound but that's also me self-deprecating meanwhile my wife i'm sure loves my voice loves my jokes there's
0: been a lot of people who said the same exact thing to me you're not and, wrong and then listen to it on spotify on their phone and they're like whoa i do not sound like that and yeah. i'm like i know
1: that also comes with the territory i'm not saying that you won't love the products it could just depend on the ego not calling you egotistical it, do, it
0: does take ego It does take a lot of ego to do this because at the end of the day... Maybe not even
1: ego, maybe like more self-confidence. Maybe I'm just a fucking broken man and I'm just like, I hate my fucking voice.
0: My voice was always bothersome to me as well.
1: Yeah. 100%. I
0: I did not like... I did not like sitting there and doing that. And that's why I tried my hardest to completely get myself away from having to do that. What I've found is getting past that barrier Mm -hmm. of not being a fan of my own voice (laughs) has made my podcasting more exp-
1: tolerable for you
0: exponentially better nice just in general because like now that I've actually sat through almost all of my episodes going through and getting those shorts and making those uh those videos and breaking them down and whatnot i I've, I've watched a lot of my faults i watched a lot of things that i did wrong i've listened to a lot of my podcasts and yeah. genuinely too when you do a podcast you get this mentality of like dude i already had the conversation like it's not like i don't remember it yeah you know so like that's kind of how you treat the editing part of it you're like there, I, I just have the conversation like there's nothing i said stupid to that, that i feel like was gonna bug me but you know you go back through and you you find comb that shit and you're like, Ugh. Yeah, you'll find some stuff that like you could have completely gone without saying or doesn't need to be in for there. for sure, you know, and you can really dial it in. And I, I did, I did pride myself on on being super improv before, you know, all, all one run the young boy podcast, super raw, la, 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 you know, uh-huh. but, you know, you lose people doing that.
1: How so? Like, not having breaks. a game plan and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, there's
0: pee breaks. It's drunk banter. There's just, there's not, there's not structure to it. And, you know, that's fun to a point. Like, this isn't a structured show, but having a backbone to it,
1: you're not wrong. Can help. I think it just depends on the person, too. Like, we've been ripping this whole fucking time. We had this you know, sheet here with all this stuff, and I feel like we barely talked about a
2: couple bullets. I
0: have, I have been doing talking points on the last, like, few episodes. This is a new thing that I've been doing. I've never needed it.
2: Yeah.
1: I've never actually but like had. Like you said, it's something to fall back on. different definitely has a backbone. 100%. In case, oh, shit. You can, you know, fall back to that. You
0: know, because there's. The, I've had only out of the 50 episodes that I've done, I've only had one guest genuinely not do well.
1: Oh, <laughs> he bombed on a.
0: She bombed. She did she, a terrible job. Damn. She. I don't know if she was very nervous, or if she just shut down, or just was genuinely somebody that didn't know how to portray a story. And because I would ask her a hundred questions, and every time I'd ask her a question, there was just nothing that would come from it. Yeah, you know, and I'm pretty good at making a conversation flow
1: without this, you know. Or even just last, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't yeah. have to flow, but like, if you ever like gone like kicked it with Tiffany's friends or something, like maybe no one you've really known, and what do you do? You just find a fucking way Shout to do Shout out talking. to the Zoomies crowd. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> just have a conversation, <laughs> kick it for a bit, and, you know, conversation will start flowing. I feel like people that aren't outgoing in general just don't have that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, me and you definitely are. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Stick us with the, in a the room with the stranger, like, fuck it, oh my God, at least mm-hmm. one friend, and, just, you know, kick it with them one. Oh, yeah.
0: Without, without without a problem, without hesitation. Like, the thing, the thing that the zoomies crowd kind of has a lot of us young people you know and we oh that's true we've got almost 10 years on half those kids you know don't get me wrong like you work at dutch bros you work at zoomies like you guys are all cool and whatnot everybody's cool you're all cool but it's clicky oh it can be for <laughs> it's sure clicky. man bro it,
1: especially just because it's all youngins that that mentality still prevalent
0: well, yeah it's youngins but at the same time it's also exclusive how many fucking youngins apply to zoomies and actually
1: get hired uh honestly dude i want to say the turnovers turnovers quite a bit
0: i didn't say I said, turnover i said apply
1: apply sure but then yeah they still like hire they some had, kids corny's out of fire so many fucking shitty oh, people yeah
0: no shit because they're all fucking high school kids but the point yeah. is how many high school kids apply and don't get the job
1: you're not wrong but also what's hard is that is their business model because they can just do a quick turnaround. Like they have re- very rarely pay people their worth. You know, Cody deserves to be like sixty thousand or whatever, you know, she's barely making like fifty or something right there. But the amount of work I see that she puts in is because of her age and her maturity and she's always been mature and she puts that shit like ahead of everything meanwhile she comes home like bitching about these kids that have like no integrity like no backbone no big hmm. work work ethic and i'm like yeah that's because the age and plus you guys can only afford to pay them what 13 14 bucks a fucking hour and obviously someone size that's like 21 22 23 24, 14 like has rent you know they're out of college maybe never even went to college but like still knows the importance of having a full-time job Everyone's always looking for more money, and the whole thing is, well, we're not going to give you more money. Well, then we're out. Cool. We've well, right. been training your replacement since day one, since you got hired. You know what I'm saying?
0: I remember I applied for Zoomies when I was a kid too. I thought it was would have been the coolest thing to be working at the mall at Zoom. but also yeah. this was like I applied at Zoomies when I was working or applying for jobs in Southern California in Burbank. You know, so that's a little yeah. it's a little more competitive to get hired at Zoomies in Burbank. Yeah, you know, but I I came to to Idaho with that same mentality and there's a zoomies in Boise, you know, and it's just like, it's the same as Dutch bros. Like it's, it's, I also say this coming from Boise where I thought that Dutch bros was a local business. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Dutch bros was in, in Colorado, Denver, especially fucking Colorado. Springs. like, it's all over out here. It's in, Dude,
1: it's in the Yeah. And I
0: didn't know that. I thought it was like an Idaho, Oregon thing. I didn't know it was as big as it was, you know, Yeah. but every place you go, you will meet the same people.
1: More or less. They got working a at stereotype. Dutch stereotype Bro. Typecast. Have you really thought about it? Oh, of course, dude. I mean... Now I, you're going to think about it way harder. No, no, no. Every time listen, you go to
0: Dutch Bros, you have the same conversation. Oh,
1: of course. So all these young Granted, little hipster kids that are like in college or like 16, 17, 18. Yeah, but I, mean, I feel working. like
0: maybe I, I could be jaded about it because of like the fact that fucking Boise Dutch so popular. Like it's a thing. Boise's a smaller town. The Dutch- Springs? Oh yeah, dude. For it's real? tiny. I Boise's it tiny. Like the whole Treasure Valley doesn't even have like half a million, man. Damn. I had something like that. It used to be like that a couple years back, but I think within the last COVID wave of Californians that moved there it doubled or some shit. Like it, it, it's crazy. But Colorado Springs is also geographically one of the largest cities in the United States. Geographically, not
1: no, Not, to probably popula- more dog. I didn't say number
0: city. one, dick. No, I, said I know, but like, 10? Of-
1: yes. Oh, that's interesting. Easy.
0: Easy. Geographically, this place is fucking huge. Yeah, it's building from, shit everywhere. From right. end to end, mm-hmm. Colorado Springs is one of the biggest cities I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: Took so, like, a population wise or like square miles, man. As, As a city, though, you can drive from Fountain, which is the tip of Springs. Okay. You can drive from Fountain to like Northgate. 20, 25 minutes. Dude, it's not that big for coming for like one central highway. Dude,
0: it's fucking huge. Geographically,
1: left it's and bigger right, than yes, Denver. east and west. It's bigger than Denver. Well, yeah, Denver's a small, like, metropolitan city. What's big about Denver about as the th- whole is like all the not county cities.
0: Not Denver County, city. The city itself, Colorado Springs, not the county, not El Paso County, not Denver County, has nothing to do with it the actual geographical size of Colorado Springs is ridiculous to the point where I guarantee you it falls within the top 10.
1: I need to check that out. Crazy.
0: I could be wrong. It could be top 20, but it's fucking close. Like I, I I think I did look it up in the past. So Jesse,
1: yes, sir.
0: Just recently got married. Yes, sir. So you didn't just get married. You signed your marriage license and then the, the, the wedding's happening. How, how do you feel? Just, just, In general,
1: it was good. It was honestly really sweet to be around all of our, you know, family. And then there was like two friends that showed up. Courtney, my wife, just has a very small family in general, like immediate family. So let's say like that's her eight compared to my like just immediate family alone. There's probably like 20 of us. And then extended family, obviously, but the one we have planned at the Stanley Hotel is like 120 here's the crazy part if you do they can give you a 500 ticket it's in our wedding contract like no way it's police different or something because i got pissed because i was like you're telling me i can't sneak a beer into my own hotel room like i think they, they even said like you can't bring it in the room and i'm like what the fuck like i'm kind of fucking livid about it i think i'm definitely still gonna sneak it but i might just get what? a fucking ticket dude i'm telling you it's intense i think
0: you just need to figure out what beer they're serving and then get a pack of it and hide it in your bag or something, you know, and then that way they can't tell what beer. Here's the thing.
1: You have to pay per hour, per head, for every drink. So, like, you have oh, a drink package. Oh,
0: my goodness crazy! So, now
1: you're seeing where it adds up. So, wow, where we just looked, a well, good one that had, like, wine, a couple, like, like Jack and some other kind of shit, you know, like, the basics, and then beer and sodas. It was $26 a person per hour so if we have like a three hour one we have a hundred let's just say a hundred come through just a hundred that's not the 125 we wrote down so far probably and still counting and that's not including the plus ones that we for sure didn't know (laughs) that's 26 hundred an hour for like what two three hours i'm only gonna have a bar and you can't have a cash bar where a you can still pay are you
0: sure you want to have your wedding at this place
1: bro it's for corny anything for my wife she wants it she loves it You do what you gotta do, man. This shit, dude, this shit adds up. Oh yeah, wow. But you know, we're still probably gonna have a little help from our family, like our grandparents or parents, you know, I'm sure they'll probably chip in. And then that's just for like the liquor. So you're thinking like five five G's just for like two hours, maybe 7,200 or something like that for like three hours. But then we still gotta do the caterers, the photographer. Yeah, man, it's intense. I wrote my family and then we both got with all of our friends, you know, from in and out of state. (laughs) And I think she had like maybe 12, 13, maybe 20 max like on her whole side, including like family, friends, or, you know, like specific people she wanted to invite from like hers. And then I wrote down all my family. And I think I was like at 40 to 50 alone. Uh, and then we got to friends that have been like around us and together with us, like for years, you know what I'm saying? And include all the way up to like people like you that we've known for like, what, two years now, right? two. And oh, you know, what, and that's what I'm saying is like, we got the whole thing and it was like just at 125 and that's not, it's like, but obviously we knew couples, we know, okay, obviously my and uncle, my cousin and her boyfriend, like we know they're dating. The plus ones you knew about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's not including like the random plus ones. That's so what I'm like, if I'm inviting you, dude, you know, I fucking love you because I'm paying out the no ass king. for you. Me and Courtney are like seven years deep. We were kind of fucking around for like the first year and then we kind of just picked a date in like 2016, I believe. And you know, we were kind of just fuck buddies and then, you know, caught feelings I always knew I had. I was just kind of being a single piece of shit at the time and I was broken from my last relationship. So, you know, when Courtney came around, you know, she was patient with me and all that. And we kind of just you know, like flowed into it. It wasn't like a forced, you know, thing. And I made just the I made the deadline just in time. I guess she had gave me to like October thirty first of twenty sixteen, I wanna say. And what's crazy is I always kind of knew I didn't want to date Courtney because if I made it serious, she wouldn't fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? Like she'd be so dedicated. I knew exactly how she felt about me. And I just didn't know if I was like ready and open for that at that time. Right. You know, I was like, fuck, I just got out of this bad relationship. I fell for this chick hard. And it all just went to shit. She was a piece of shit. And, you know, I just didn't want to like have to go through that again. But I was, you know, just being a pussy about not being in a relationship again and you know, I knew she wouldn't give me a reason to, and I was afraid of it. And then it was the best choice I made, really. You know, just actually putting effort through. But I guess I had a deadline of October 31st or something of that year, and I invited her to a Halloween party uh, with a couple of friends. And uh, one of my buddies, like, introduced her as my girlfriend to everyone. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. And I, like, didn't correct him because a few times I'll correct people. Like, oh, you guys dating? i would be like, nope. <laughs> and, you know, one day I was just like, yeah, you know. And, you know, it just kind of just happened to Seven years later. Yeah, and here we are, seven years later, fucking signed on paper. How's that feel? Good, honestly, man. Like I said, she's never pressured me to do anything. You know, we've worked on things, obviously, as a couple. You know, you try to grow and not stay stagnant and have the same kind of, you know, bickers and arguments.
0: You don't want to be sorry all the time. You want to be better. You want to grow.
1: Exactly. So, you know, we've done that a lot together. (laughs) It's always felt like we've been married. Like, she's my beneficiary and my insurance, you know. She's my emergency contact. She's the only person I talk to literally every day of my life. You know, we don't even text often. It's it's kind of shitty when she's out of town. You know what I'm saying? hundred <laughs> like, percent. Well, I was so independent for so long, and now I'm so, like, codependent. Not, like, you know, I got attachment issues or anything, or, like, clingy. You, you know, don't, you don't realize
0: what you have until it's not right in front of you anymore.
1: Well, yeah. So, like, whenever she leaves town, you know, it's just, like, me and the cats, and I come home, and I just cook dinner for one. Like, you know, like, I love cooking for people. I love, like, you know, just sharing time and, like, being around people. And, like, cooking for my wife is obviously, like, that's me being a man in my eyes, you know? So when I'm just, like, cooking dinner for myself, I feel like, I feel like, what would we be like without her there? Like, you know, if something tragic were to happen to one of us, or, like, obviously her in this situation, I'd just be like, coming home to my cats alone, just watching TV. So, more, going more, back to her cats, that's like, that's a future cat, crazy cat lady.
0: But... I was a cat dad because I couldn't get a dog when I was in high school. And my parents were like, well, we'll get you a cat. And then I just went and got a dog and said, fuck you, and did it anyways. And that's Gatsby.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I've had Gatsby now for nine years. I didn't know you had him that long, goddamn.
0: Ten years almost, yeah.
1: And see, I've always wanted a puppy. My dad had a puppy, but I'd only visit him like every other week. So when I had a pet was when I was living in Pueblo. I ended up finding actually a cat before Bubs and he ended up putting him down but i trained him he like slept next to me every night that kind of thing and that turned me into like a cat lover because every cat i met before that was a piece of shit i was like fuck that (laughs) i always wanted a puppy i still want a puppy (laughs) (laughs) fucking corner let me because she loves cats too (laughs) Um, i never like really had one and then i found two technically like on my grandma's property in pueblo like out in the bumfuck county like there's a fucking farm across the road from her like on the chairs the road it's like right across from her and um so they're both chill cats. I feel like after I put uh my first one down, it was called Snickle Fritz. <laughs>
0: it's a great cat. Name. I know,
1: dude. I thought it was Mrs. Snicklefritz, and then I went to go get her spade, and then it turned out to be a boy, and I was like, Oh,
2: Mr. <laughs> Snicklefritz." <laughs> it was I was like, fuck
1: it, it's just Snickle Fritz. And then so I had to put him down like maybe like within a year of having him. Nice. And um, thanks. Like six to eight months later, Bubs came around and found him in the fucking bushes of my grandma's garden and shit. I was like, what the fuck? And started petting me. I was fed him, you know, so started, like, letting me rub his belly and shit. And I was like, yo. So I ended up, you know, just ended up keeping him when I moved up to Fountain with uh, my buddy Justin. And I almost had to get rid of him. He stayed with Corny for a while because Justin then wouldn't allow the, you know, cats be in our apartment. But I ended up having to, like, get him out of Courtney's. I was trying to find a home from him. And uh, I just brought him back to the house. And Justin came home and he was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, dude, relax. I'm trying to, you know, find a home for it. I'll keep it in my room. He's like, you fucking better, man. He's OCD. Like, he cleans everything. So he just didn't want to pet around. And I was like, maybe two or three days in. And I guess one of our third roommate that we don't talk to anymore. And he was just some random fucking guy that uh, Justin worked with. He ended up uh, letting him out. I came home one day. And then they were like, he was on his back getting pet belly pets from both of my roommates <laughs> that were like opposed to him in the first place. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, well... We heard him meow, and so, you know, we let him out, man. We felt bad. This guy's chill as fuck. And I was like, <laughs> I've been trying to tell you, and so far I've turned every, like, cat hater into a cat lover with Bubs. And he's the shit. Bubs is
0: honestly one of the coolest cats I've ever met. But, I mean, so, like, and I also kind of come from that, and, like, Gatsby's gotten me through two breakups.
2: Yeah, exactly,
1: and that's a, that's of yeah. the cats' word too. I like, we went through a breakup with my cat. I drove Snickle Fritz from... Colorado to Cali I stayed with my dad for the summer and I brought my cat with me and he was there I was there as long as he that was when I was breaking up with my ex and it was just a whole bunch of like head games and it was like mental bullshit but I had that cat with me the whole time and I drove his ass all the way back to Colorado and then like within a few months I had to put him down and that shit devastated me so that's that's what I'm saying I didn't have a dog but I had a fucking cat that you know same kind of shit happened
0: you see like Simon if if anything were to happen to Simon, like he gave me a newfound appreciation for my love for cats, for sure. Like yeah. he's one of the coolest cats I've ever experienced mm-hmm. being around, and you know, he's also pain in the ass because how much he loves you. You know, it's, yeah, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. You're like, okay, oh, okay, get it. You love me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But you can't take that for granted. You know, that's an awesome thing to have. Yeah, exactly. I just
1: feel like we've been married the whole time, in my opinion. Like you know, we share each other's life. Uh, talks her every fucking day. I did, like i said i feel lonely when she's not there or like what my life would be i'm like yo it's kind of sad like i don't know like if i could ever be one of those bachelors so like you're 40 never settle down like that was never me like i always knew i wanted kids do you know if you want kids or is that still up in the air
0: oh, i know for a fact
1: exactly yeah so, like, i know for
0: a fact that i i would not be with somebody if they didn't want kids i don't think touche you know like yeah. And even even if we couldn't have kids, that wouldn't be a deal breaker like, for me. But it's like
1: she'd have to like sweep you off your feet if it was like that, or no. To have I mean, them.
0: honestly, like if I genuinely couldn't have a kid with Tiffany, we would find a way to adopt or something like that. See, that's what I'm know? saying. So it
1: depends on the person. Where like that doesn't even matter. You yeah, know what no, I'm it doesn't
0: matter at all. I would be, I would be definitely s- sad about it. You know, it'd be yeah. something. You know, that's 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 been a a. A lot of men's dream, you know, uh, yeah. naturally, hormonally, just to pass pass on your genetic code. You know, you just want to have kids. Like, it's something you want to do. Yeah, but know? it's
1: also, like, yeah, I've known, probably you both have, that you wanted to be a father, obviously being and Like, yeah, I would like to have kids, but it's, like, really hard, like, finding the right one, to. Where you're, like, that's going to be half of you and half of someone else. Like, you right. got to really have trust in that person. That's why, like, one-night stands, like, happen, man. You know, shit like that. And then you end up, like, keeping it. But, like, when you're actually, like, find someone you love or, like, truly care about, you know? Like, there's nothing better because you're like, fuck, I hope they get the better parts of them and the better parts of me. <laughs> right. Not the worst parts of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, a bad combo. Yeah. So, I don't
0: know. That's how I feel in general, too, because, like, I... I, I I never get into a relationship with somebody unless I really know that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very, I'm very much like how you were with Courtney. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a long time with somebody before it's ever actually
1: a relationship. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and but with Tiffany, she was the first person I ever met that it was 100 percent just instant.
1: I was about to say, man, you guys moved pretty fast for two years. Like, me and Courtney were dating for probably three to four before we actually moved in because she actually lived in my grandma's property too. Like when she was like living down there because. Uh, she went through a bunch of family shit and, you know, I had to find a place to stay. And my grandma offered for her to stay there. You know, she did. So she was always kind of like part of the family, you know. Obviously, being married now doesn't feel different. My whole family has known about her for like fucking seven years. Like, she, there's no other like definition of a wife, in my opinion. I don't know. right? Like, no. whether we had the piece of paper or not, like, that's wifey.
0: See, and I never felt how I felt with Tiffany with anybody else, though. You know, so I mean, and I've always been somebody that's been very anti tie down. I've been very, very hard to tame for a long time. You know, Mm -hmm. when it's ever, whenever I do get into a relationship, I'm usually single for a long time, close to like a year or two every time between, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I've only had three serious relationships, you know, Tiffany being the third one. Mm -hmm. And she and I would not have moved in the route that we did if it wasn't for the fact that the opportunity got us out of idaho
1: yeah you're not wrong
0: you know it was an opportunity that was financing both of us to move out of town and we're like you know i did fucking uh
2: we just paid me to move yeah like
0: and at that point i had just made it official with her like a week or two before i got that call of a job offer yeah so i was like fuck like i just got a job offer to move out to colorado fully paid oh you want to come with
1: that's fucking dope though
0: (laughs) we just had the balls to
1: do that like me and Courtney obviously like got ourselves out of pueblo And I feel bad because I like squandered one of her opportunities to like go to Denver and like work in Zoomies. But like the whole thing is like, I don't know if she's like completely happy with her company. And I feel like she can do so much better at another company, but it's just a fucking tough job market right there. So I don't want to like go up there just sort of to maybe not work and fall flat on her face because that's like almost like moving back to SoCal to me. Like, it's a big-ass inner city. Like, you may live, like, in Littleton, but then you have to, like, work all the way up in Thornton or some crazy shit, you know? I'm like, it's a pretty fucking far drive. And I did that for 21 years of my life, but I was selfish, and I kind of, like, you know, put that idea to rest. And I know she was kind of hurt by it, but, you know, it was weird because I lived through that kind of stuff. You know, living in SoCal, you're like, fuck, that's the reason why I don't want to go back. So that's why I love as big... As Springs is, it still feels like a small city. I can go from end to end in you know, like twenty minutes. And I feel like I didn't want to just rush back into a metropolis and then like yeah. struggle it with it is like, a
2: small
0: city. Like you when I say it's one of the biggest, it's like, still a small town. Vibe. You're talking about
1: like, square mileage and yeah, shit, but it's, I'm just no, saying it's a it's small it's not, town vibe here, yeah. Still, you
2: know?
1: Yeah, it doesn't yeah, and it doesn't feel small town though, because it's obviously that's the reason why I left Pueblo. Like that was a perfect isolated community that honestly they're all shit people there's a lot of good people there but for the most part there's a bunch of riff raff in there and that's why i don't like that town that city that county and i had to just get away and like not have that like one chipotle one movie theater <laughs> right. one fuck you know what i'm saying like i was like dude like I don't know. I just like, like options. Being a city kid, I'm like, I get a little bit of both worlds because we're only like, what, 15, 20 minutes away from Black Forest and then you're in the middle of a goddamn forest. Yeah. Just right over the hill. Yeah. You know, like you're not that far away and we look at these gorgeous mountains, you know, every morning that you can see the view from the entire city. Like being a SoCal kid where we just had fucking smog and all that, like I love it out here.
0: I can't agree more with you on that. Growing up in the smog, growing up in the, especially on those days where I played football, they'd shut down because it was so hot and muggy and you couldn't breathe in the smog and combined with the heat. And we played on a turf field. Oh, for real. Yeah, I just didn't miss that at all when I moved to Idaho. And I was like, wow, man, this is is a beautiful, beautiful state. Everything about this place is phenomenal, you know. And I would not have left either if it wasn't for the job opportunity. Yeah. I love Idaho, and Tiffany and I both love Idaho. Like we both kind of banter about moving back sometimes, and we both look at each other. We're like, "Nah, we got out." There's a lot of people who still live there and probably wish that they were in our shoes right now, and they got out, and we're given an opportunity to go out and to just go yeah. back. I feel like, you know, that's something to maybe look at in the future. You know, is yeah. like if we want to go back for a, a couple of years, you know, but it, we got to live our stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure. know, we shouldn't just run back home at the first sign of
1: being homesick or something like that, you know? You're not wrong. But I just feel bad because I squandered Corny's opportunity because, like, me mm. and you have lived through that. Tiff's kind of lived through that now. We're, like, doing a huge life-changing, like, move. Right. You know, really getting into it. And, like, I'm, like, that old, you know, grumpy piece of shit that's, like, but I like how it is now. <laughs> and, you know, like, I don't want to leave. Like, we have a lot of close friends change, we consider change family. Change
0: scares you and the thought of moving out of your comfort zone. And maybe because for me, I agree with that 100% because I – can't stand the thought of coming out of my safe place. I've I like living in an apartment or in a in one address for a certain amount of years. Yeah, I don't like to bounce around. Yeah, mainly because I spent a lot of my my teens and my and my young adult years as somebody who was a couch hopper who had had never even gotten on a lease until I was like in my mid twenties. I was always somebody who was just kind of like floating around and yeah, I once that. i got on my first lease i stayed there for five years nice after that because i didn't want i didn't want to move i was yeah. like no i'm in a place man I'm, I'm this is my home this is my place and i'm gonna make this my place mm. you know so that's just kind of my opinion on on that stuff you know like i really just i, I don't like to move often if i don't yeah, have to I feel you that. Know? and in denver's denver's a lot
1: it is, but like I said, man, that's just also speaking from like my own experience and I just feel guilty for obviously denying my wife that experience. You know, as tough as it could have been. It's not like I'm a pussy, it's just like it's more so the fact of me like not wanting to rush straight into that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I was like, oh but anywho. Don't okay. me wrong, Denver's type to go visit him, like, you know, have fun in and all that. But I'm like my also reasoning is like, you know, when we have kids, me in court, you know, I like this area better than, you know, Denver, for sure. Because I was like, dude, if any of our cars break down, you know, like we're only like a 15, 20 minute drive from each other, no matter what. And like I said, 20 minutes, 25 minutes from end to end. I'm like, if my, your car breaks down, I can take it to the shop. I can do whatever. You can take my car, take me to work in the morning and then just take it on whatever. I'll fucking Uber home. Like, it could be easy. If like your car takes a shit in Denver, you're kind of fucks, man. If you're like not working down the street from your fucking house, you right. know, which not a lot of people in Denver do.
0: As the guy so, who cooks in the house, favorite thing to cook for your
1: lady? So, I mean, it's hard, man. I can definitely kind of just say the both things I can cook in one night. I think I have four, but definitely steak for my lady. I will usually get like a tomahawk steak or something huge, big for me and her. And she doesn't really eat red meat often. So you get Unless I make her. No, unless I make her. You know what I'm saying? Like she just doesn't have big meals. Unless, you,
0: unless it's cooked by you and it's made, you're obviously, it's going to get eaten.
1: Exactly, but it, like, you know, she doesn't like pack herself like, or like meal prep and you know, so like, that's like my opportunity to get some like real good protein in her. I'll make a fat steak, season it well, always like butter base it or like cook it some kind of crazy way. and then. But the easiest thing that I say I can make that I like, can just make this as a side is carbonara. I learned like the poor man's way to make it. Like I know you need like pancetta and like two or three different cheeses or whatever to mix, but you just need like eggs, bacon, some angel hair pasta and um, some Parmesan cheese. Like if you're like are on a budget, you can get it all for like under 15 bucks. And it's the quickest, easiest thing. You just boil the noodles, you cook the bacon from off and when it's like the pan's cold, then you turn it on, you render out all the fat. Then once that's nice and crispy, you just get the cooked angel hair noodles, toss them in the grease, turn off the heat, keep mixing them until they stop sizzling. And then in another bowl, you separate egg yolk from the whites, right. and you just and use the yolk, and then you just mix it with all your cheese, and it makes like a thick kind of – almost looks like cottage cheese, but you want it more cheesy than eggy. So I make like six eggs and like in five-ounce or ten-ounce thing of like Parmesan cheese, depending on um cheesy you want it. And you literally just dump that on top of the noodles, and it all just melts together with some parsley, salt, oh, and pepper. man, that
0: sounds like probably one of my favorite – Italian dishes that I I could make. Tiffany doesn't do dairy, so I gotta be super creative.
1: I know I've offered to cook for you guys and I remember like I was gonna do that, but I was like, Oh fuck, she doesn't eat she can't eat cheese, dude. I'm like, I can't eat. No, even literally
0: we're spaghetti. doing that and you're gonna make it and I'll make her have a bite of it. But uh, at that point we'll we'll all three eat it. You'll be on a
1: she'll be on a countdown for having to use the shitter or something.
0: <laughs> no, it's not she doesn't eat dairy because of, she doesn't eat dairy for any reason for
1: uh, she doesn't like it.
0: She, she doesn't support the dairy industry. It's not because she can't eat dairy. It's because she didn't eat dairy for a long time. And when she does eat it, it doesn't sit well with her now because of the long period of time. Yeah, yeah just
1: like a vegetarian having like bone broth
2: or some something. Yeah, shit. exactly.
0: Yeah. So, and the most cheese I can get her to eat is uh, if I put a little bit of Parmesan in something. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she's she's not that scared of Parmesan anymore.
1: So does she have like plain hamburgers? Like a yeah. psycho? whoa dude dude. yeah red flag i'm just kidding trust me that's how i know i
0: like that girl man i love that girl to the bottom of my heart because uh she told me she doesn't do dairy and i'm like this is gonna be a challenge
1: corny is the bigger dairy lover than me like i'll have like some cereal like once maybe twice a week she's like a daily like a cup (laughs) or two milk drinker and i used to be when i was a kid a lot so, like, it's kind of funny the that I'll get, like, two uses out of the whole gallon, and I check again, it's empty. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> There's always milk on repeat at the fucking Castillo house. See, I can't buy milk,
0: and like, without it going bad, because I, like, I used to drink enough milk to where I can go through a whole gallon in a week. Maybe or two that's why you like hit your problem. knees,
1: bro. You got to get them bones back up. Exactly,
0: and I stopped drinking all this dairy and eating this dairy when we first started dating, you know, because I wanted to impress Tiffany, and and then after we finally got comfortable with each other after a year or two, I was like, "I'm eating cheese, dude." <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I love you, but my love for cheese is not bigger, but it's not enough to let go, <laughs> bro. My favorite two words are <laughs> but it's with "not small cheese. enough to let go." You know. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, um, I mean, mine would be also pasta. Uh, I make I make a phenomenal sauce. My mom. I grew up with her Like a rosé
1: sauce, like marinara it's just a sauce. It's like marinara,
0: kind of, but it's a okay. marinara that's super hearty. It's got three different styles of meat, almost every vegetable in the book. I, I spend probably like four or five hours shutting it down. Like, Interesting. Oh, yeah. It's amazing.
1: So it's kind of like a spaghetti's. It it's
0: spaghetti sauce. It is it's spaghetti sauce, but it's, it's 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 almost like chili,
1: dude. I was about to say, you know what's is crazy is like the more you... Especially if, like if you've ever had roommates and someone makes their version of spaghetti, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Because everyone makes spaghetti so differently. Like, my mom only used, like, turkey meat for a few years, and then, like, now I use, like, ground beef, and I'm like, what the fuck was she thinking? And no, then, also, man. like...
0: You gotta use Italian sausage, you see, and tur- the liquor, ground turkey, yes. and ground beef, all three. Interesting amazing that's yeah that's it's amazing chunky. no but, then, but you, you don't let it get chunky you break it down so yeah, yeah yeah so you know you don't even tell the differences but it gives it a lot of different flavor and a Fuck lot of if different there's depth. some
1: bacon bits in it
0: dude do all of it <laughs> do all of it my my pasta sauce is equivalent to the consistency of a good chili
1: without and see i feel that because also my mom would sometimes put in a food processor like, zucchini and squash and food processor and like chop it up and mince it like really fine and then like cook that with the meat And then throwing like the tomato sauce and shit, so it would just be hearty with like chopped up vegetables and every bite, and then like ground turkey. It was actually kind of fire sometimes when like made it more hearty, but also be like I am kind of being kind of healthy, you know. (laughs) It made you feel something a little bit better. But um, no, yeah, with corny dude, I just pack up some hella meats and that shit. And I think I have used like Italian sausages once, and it was fire with some penne. It was dank.
0: Pasta is the way to go. Are you? You're not Italian at all. You're just Hispanic, right?
1: Everything's south of the border, brother.
0: There you go. Okay, so what I essentially have got going on here at the, sh- at the show at young blood podcast mm-hmm. it's really turned into a platform that I provide for other people to to, to say something to give their message to if that this is your one opportunity. On a, I don't know if you've ever been on one, but not a lot of people are ever going to get the chance to be on one mm-hmm. or to get to say what they have to say and put it out there. If there was something that you wanted to put out for this world, for anybody, you know, I'm not going to say there's going to be a million people who hear this, but at this point, it's going to be out there. What what can I give you
1: the chance to say? Be patient for love. I think everyone deserves love. I think there's out someone out there for everyone. And if a piece of shit like me can find someone as amazing as my wife and, you know, be able to feel unconditional love and be taught what that truly is just takes patience and time. I see a lot of people going through a lot of dark places, you know, obviously wanting the bigger picture, whether, you know, kids are, you know, in the picture or not, you know, like our lesbian friends, our gay friends, I see like everyone kind of, you know, like looking for someone. And I feel kind of like, you know, I got like got survivor's guilt for being able to find mine, you know, like I've done a lot of fucked up shit and she accepts me unconditionally. um, More than, you know, I've been more honest and more open with her than any of my family member or anyone else that's ever known me. To be honest, you know, she knows my ins and outs, you know, and I'm so trying to learn all of hers, you know, and that's worked for me. But, you know, if I can do it, anyone can. You know, unless you want to be alone, you know, good for you. Do what you got to do. But, you know, I think everyone's looking for a connection somewhere. You know, we find it through friends and all that, but where you really that kind of lose, lose yourself in is in someone else.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's
1: possible for anyone, man.
0: If you can find it, anyone can.
1: Seriously, man, just got to be patient.
0: And I think I think with the, the word you're looking for more is lucky.
1: Yeah, I'm lucky and blessed, man, to have someone like that in my life. And if someone can show me that, you know, it just takes work between two people, man, for real.
0: My parents are married 35 years now, and something like that, 32, mm-hmm. an
1: insane amount.
0: What I've learned from watching them my entire life, love is work. Yep. Love is a challenge. There's going to be times that it's easy and there's going to be times that it's difficult and there's going to be times where you're going to ask yourself whether or not do you really want to do this? Yeah. But that's the challenge because if you really love somebody that's when you will look down at the deepest cores of yourself and not necessarily make changes mm-hmm. but you will improve yourself for that person because you want to see yourself grow. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And
1: with them though. Not just by them. yourself because exactly. some people can grow apart but if and somebody, grow into their own thing. But if
0: somebody can make you see yourself that way and not see like I want to grow for this person but this person makes me want to be a better person exactly then that's the most amazing thing that you can look for in today's world and and today's newfound dating it's, it's okay to get divorced it's okay to do that yeah I'm not, I'm not looking to do that
1: and see that's cool that you come from that background because you like have role models for that like both me and corny like her parents you know she doesn't know her bio dad but you know she was with her stepfather for like almost 20 years and you know, that was a shitty divorce between her mom and her stepdad. And the only one that she's ever had, the only father figure was a piece of shit. My parents were like never married. They were always separated as far as I was growing up and can remember. I'm sure they were together for like a year or two, but you know, if like me and her, like we came from that, we came from hell, you know, having like split custody or like, you know, all these like horror stories and yada, yada, growing up in that kind of environment. So like for us, like we know what we don't want to happen. You know, we didn't have really. I mean, I guess Connie did for a little bit, and so did my dad. He was married to my stepmom for a while, and had my sisters. And you know, she has. We both have like half siblings. You know, through each of our mothers, oh, and father technically on my side. But um, anyway, man, like you know, we learned a lot of what not to do. My mom had a lot of boyfriends and a lot of you know crazy stories with that. And we were just like, fuck that. Like another thing I think that's lost with this generation is everyone's willing to like not be patient or, like, give up too easily. Like, they find the ick. They find all these crazy things and, like, not realize, like, no one's perfect. Not everything is perfect, you know? You never know who the one's gonna be. And that can come in any way, shape, or form. Some, like, flaws or faults of your own and both in the other person's, you end up just accepting and say, well, this is part of the fucking territory. I didn't know I was gonna be there. You are in this position, but, you know, you overlook a lot of shit for love. But a lot of this generation doesn't want to be patient or wants it to be the perfect man. People have both men and women have like two highest standards because of social media now. Like they don't have that that old school fucking, no, we're not getting divorced, dude. Fucking even if you don't like like each other all the time, like we're going to make it work Exactly for yeah. love. You know, like we're not just going to give up on each other. You exactly. know, you don't always have to like each other, but if you love each other, you'll make it through anything. I, that
0: thought is dying. That mentality it was 100% a thing of the past. Like one thing I thrive on with Tiffany and with this relationship I'm in now, as I tell her all the time, like if you're tired of me, take a nap. We're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And the thing is, like, we're not in this for this year. We're not in this for last year. We're not in this for the next two years. We're in this for the next 20 years. Yeah. You know, and it's, if it's stressful right now, that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. That's going to happen. There's ups and downs. You know, there's ups, there's downs, but at the same time, we're in this for a long time. Not for the, not, we're in this for the long time, not just for the good time. So when things are bad, you can't just, can't just give up on somebody. You know, and that's where I came from in my family, where it's just like, hey, yeah, it's all small stuff. We'll get through this. You know, and the thing is, you know, it might be shitty, but we have each other. That's what I was just raised on, you know. Yeah, for sure. And which is something that I want to bring into the future with people, you know, like that's for not sure. something that everybody was raised with. And I'm going to raise my kids with that mentality, you know. Yeah. Genuinely, every time I've had a podcast with somebody, whether it be a friend, a a business partner, somebody I met on, on at the bar and who, who's just a DJ and is cool and they're just here to talk to me. It's always walked away. They... We have both always walked away with a newfound sense of friendship with a newfound
1: understanding of each other.
0: Exactly. Newfound understanding of each other and genuinely have just taken a lot more from it than either person have expected. And that's what's crazy to me is I've done this now 50 times. This yeah, is my fifteenth episode. But every single time it's always been such a fantastic experience for me. It's always been such a a new light on the person that I thought I knew. Mm-hmm you know and that's that's why you know when you came here i just thank you thank you for coming on thank of course, you for your thank time. you for having me thank you for sharing yeah, yourself with me of course man thanks for being vulnerable on my platform you know i, I i'm sure you didn't think when you were going to show up here that it was this you know yeah 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 you didn't have I, not not anybody ever expects much when they get when they come over for a podcast because i don't i don't tell them much i just say hey can i get you over here let's do it yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it goes from there. And usually that that's produced some phenomenal content, some great conversations, you know. And if this is your first time checking out Young Blood Podcast, if you've been a member of the show or a listener of the show for four years now, or if you've been somebody who just stopped in, this is our 50th episode. And now, guys, we have over 500 hours of content into this journey, into this show. And at Young Blood Podcast, we really try to focus on bringing the stories of the locals that I meet to life, bringing the people in this town of Colorado Springs and their stories to life. That's the, that's the most that I can do with this platform, you yeah. know? And not every person I bring on is, is going to be a DJ and influential member of, of the political me- the community. Like they're going to all be different.
1: Everybody's got a story. There's has some average Joes in
0: there. Yeah, you're not an average Joe. <laughs> you're an average Jesse. Thank you. Not bad. (laughs) Just kidding, baby. But everybody's got a story. Everybody's got something. And the most that I can do with that is bring you those stories, bring you the best content that I know how to do. And this journey has now been going since 2020. Our fourth year is in February. And if you liked this episode, if you enjoyed the content that I put out today, drop a like, drop a subscribe, drop a comment. Let me know what you thought, how we did, what I could improve on. There's a lot of things that I'm sure are there. And if you did didn't think anything was bad just say thanks you know thanks for being around thanks for listening thanks Casey for hosting the show I don't give a shit I'll hear it and if you really want to be a badass I have Venmo it's <laughs> Young Blood podcast Venmo me three bucks I'll buy coffee with it and shout you out in the show that shit helps a lot okay <laughs> we've been here for four years and we're happy to bring you content every day and we're going to be here for a long run guys this is Young Blood podcast on every platform you know how to find go look for it Jesse, anything else for you?
1: I'm good, baby. That was beautiful. Right on, my fired brother. Fired
0: up, man. Right on, my brother. Thanks for coming on the Young Blood course, Podcast.
1: Brother. Thank you for having me. Peace.